Hello and welcome to the Free Associates. That's right, folks, the Free Associates. The freedom to associate. The freedom to associate with any idea or anything that comes our way. Who doesn't like freedom? Do you know who doesn't like freedom? Nobody. Everybody likes freedom. And the freedom to, wait for it, free associate. That is just like lose yourself, just like like float downstream and just like, uh, just things will remind you of other things and you're just kind of like drifting off to sleep and it's just that weird twilight of your mind where just anything can pop up. Because you know what we don't have here in the studio? Experts. No, we don't have any experts. I suppose you could say this week we have some experts. I get it. We certainly have people in the studio who think they're experts. <laughs> and we will watch out for him. Yes, the whale dog is in the studio. And we're going to be talking about teaching. Yeah, teaching. And while he is a great teacher, I wonder if he would call himself an expert, folks. I wonder if Waylon would sit here and look me in the eyes and say, Cody, I'm an expert on this. Let me talk. Let me take the whole show. Well, I hope he does. Let me tell you, I hope he does. Because if he does, this is going to be the biggest smackdown in Free Associates history, folks. Now, we are the Free Associates, and we have a website. Yes, we do. We have thefreeassociates.us. Whenever you need an article... You can go there, and a couple of days before the show, an article will appear, and you can read the article, and then you can join us. Now, we are pre-recorded. You can't call in, but you can join us kind of in spirit in the show, get a little primer. Very short articles, almost always from Atlantic Magazine. Don't even have a subscription, but five free articles a month, I somehow managed to do it. you got to be really careful with your Google search, let me tell you. And this week, we are going to be talking about education, so that's really exciting. And because this is pre-recorded, as these words go out across the valley, from Springfield to Greenfield, from Leeds to Leverett, we're going to be in our classrooms. Yes, we will be in our classrooms. That's two places at one time. Speaking to you out there in the public verse and then also in the classroom. Very exciting. Very exciting. And listen, if that's not advertisement enough, check it out. We're going to be talking about substitute teaching today. Okay, substitute teaching. That's a category unto itself. That's a karmic category unto itself, folks. I also want to remind you guys that we have our podcast, and everything can be gotten at thefreeassociates.us. Now, part of our show is free association. You guys, longtime listeners, know this, that my guests are going to show me an image, and I'm going to free associate on it. I'm not going to describe it. I'm going to free associate on it just to keep us loose because God knows we're not loose enough in this at the bottom of the neo-brutalist Soviet structure at the center of the UMass campus. So, Waylon, I'm going to give you a little cue in. Okay, I can feel the music and I'm going to ask you in five, four, three, one. Show it to me. Battle lines are drawn. No one's listening. Tornadoes in the Dust Bowl and Wi-Fi akin. Falling, 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 falling through the space of a poetry slam. Graffiti tags the subway walls of New York City. Explosions! Oh, I just free-associated absolute every free association you could get off of that page. I actually went above and beyond 102% free association qualities. Now, we'll be back in just a minute with... 
David Castleman, first-time guest, long-time listener, long-time listener, and Jeremy Whalen, the whale dog as you know him. I am the BIQ, I'm the barbarian in question, Norm Cody, and we'll be back in a minute. Meanwhile, nothing goes better with talk rock. Whoop, talk rock, I love that. Talk radio and prog rock. Prog radio and talk rock. We'll be back in a minute, folks. coming back we're coming back in the studio how you guys doing hello how you doing hello. hey david oh Waylon, come on didn't man. trust him didn't <laughs> trust him i'm back well listen back on my streak at, at, at least you stopped doing whatever you were doing underneath the desk there what were you doing so it's very distracting the headphones yeah, that yeah. are right next to me do not work Okay. So I've been trying. It's one of those things try where you have to pull to, down. Try, try not to yell, please. Oh, <laughs> God. To lower your mic a little Just, bit. <laughs> so I have to pull down on the cord. Okay, everybody's had this. If you have a yeah. Walkman or anything, you have to push down to give the pressure to make right. it actually work. So it doesn't work over here. So I've been trying to do that, and then I have to take the headphones that are on a zip tie that don't give me any. Yeah, any room reason, probably a to reason breathe for that. Over here. Yeah, I get it, man. Listen, can I just say something, Waylon? <laughs> And, and I mean this sincerely, I so appreciate you as a person and as a guest. Like, this show just wouldn't be the same without you. So I know that sometimes I run you through the ringer. But, and, and, the butt. And <laughs> today comes. will be no different. <laughs> but um, I really appreciate your sensibilities and I appreciate your efforts. Well, you can't appreciate yeah. my engineering skills because I've not solved well, the problem over that's here. okay. I think, but I, now I want you to reset, take a deep breath as I All would tell right, Rocky, let's, let's my, my three-year-old son. <laughs> Put you on the staircase and make you take a deep breath and accept the conditions you've been Goose thrust into. Goose <laughs> now, we have a very special guest today. Of course, we have the whale dog. I'm curious, your orange van, is it where it usually is? It's in the parking garage. I thought you would get in stuck today. Garage. It's surprisingly crowded today. Well, it's broad daylight, and yeah. it's midday. And no, it's busy I, on campus, too. I'm a calculated risk taker. Well, You want to protect it? Yeah. Well, he, no, no. I'm it. sorry, you don't understand. the The thing is, is that he parks in a loading zone every time, so he's just worried about getting the ticket. Fifteen minutes. I got fifteen minutes. I gotta say, also, I come out and I check it. This was pretty funny. The last last time we recorded an episode, I drove home with the other guest, Greg White, and um, your yeah, van went by, man. and he didn't know it was you, and he laughed. He was like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> I'm like, that's Waylon. That's Waylon's orange van. That's like a famous van, and the, he's just got a big kick out of it. Listen, in, a, in the best kind of way. Now, David, can you introduce yourself in full, please? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm David Castleman. I'm a student teacher mm-hmm. um, and a grad student at Smith College in education. That's right. Yeah. So I'm working on my master's in teaching. Let's get a little bit more specific, David, please. Well, I'm, I want to be a high school history teacher. Wait, now you're missing the whole point. Whose student teacher are you? I like that you just started your, the introduction of you just as student teacher. Yeah, yeah. Not, not where you are, that's not what you're doing. No, 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 no. You have that's business fine. cards that you're have just, student teacher on you're it. Just you missing. put somebody in front of the mic, they get, oh, they yeah, get yeah. tense. It's been a little <laughs> you're, while. You're, you're missing. Okay, so you say well, it's been okay, a little right. while. 
So you used to Cody is my mentor teacher. Okay, good. Thank you. That's Cody what I is my to mentor hear. teacher. So I'm learning. It's hard from, for you to say. <laughs> learning from the best. Well, I don't know about that. You're, you're definitely learning from. And and Waylon, we talked about this. It's interesting. Um, we've talked about this before. You know, you talk about how you left the Catholic Church and stuff in Waylon, but we've also talked about how you're kind of a Catholic thinker in a way. Like yeah, been, you I, were I shaped by the church. Yeah, for sure. David also, I would argue, and yet you're very different thinkers and yet i think you're like the like corrupt Wayland. you're the corrupt like <laughs> catholic thank you, police thank boss you. and creasing my pockets with those uh indulgences yes that's you that's okay. right you're tetzel and um but uh, my friend david over here is much more monastic i would say he's he's like an actual you know like principled person i'll take that as a compliment <laughs> I guess. it depends on the situation it depends on the situation but yes you're my uh, student teacher for next semester this is the end of first semester. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been watching. You've just been <laughs> watching and taking in what I can, taking note, diligent notes. Learning what not to do in my classroom. Um, and you're going to come up with your own style and stuff like that. And it's going to be really amazing and really fun. It's already been fun for me to have someone to kind of brainstorm with after all these years, you know, because doing curriculum can be so lonely, mm. right? I mean, you Kind of. I've been alone ever since I started. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like I'm about to cry here, but, you know, generally alone, not well, being I'm able to reflect by myself that much. Too. I've, like, not only do I have to make my own curriculum because this state has very thin frameworks for technology, but mm-hmm. I'm the only one that teaches the actual classes that I have here. Yeah. You know? Well, do, you t- that do you talk having, to other people? I, other teachers doing the same kind of thing? Not, not to the extent that I'm, what I'm doing. I have conversations with other technology teachers, media production, communications and media production is the, the thing that I'm, that I kind of sp- specialize in. So it's very niche. It's very niche. And the things that the, th- the conversations that I have, I'm often, it's, it's just about organizational, organizational things and protocol and everything, not the deeper conversations. Cause yeah. you're just trying to, you're treading water at that point. Well, let's come back to this. Yeah, in the sure. second half of the show, I'd really like to kind of break this out because you're about to, experienced student teaching you right. it's your your experience is relevant to the first part of the show too but on the figure on the second part of the show let's just talk about teaching a little bit what you anticipate your experience will be and what our experience you never did student teaching with never. i did it and it was an experience unto itself let me tell you it really was a distinct <laughs> you did it in new york no? i did it in new york and wow. and i was working kind of almost full-time and stuff like that so and i had a kid child during my second stint but let's look at the article for a second. Uh, again, you guys can see this at thefreeassociates.us. It's from The Atlantic, and it's Sarah Mose, and it's about a book, really long book. 700 pages. 700 whopping pages. I mean, this guy's a genius because he spent 26 days as a yeah. substitute teacher and managed to get a 700-page book out of it. I mean, you've got to admire that. I mean— that's a book contract right there. So that's Nicholas Baker. I read Nicholas Baker in the 90s when he was kind of a hotshot literati guy. Mm-hmm. And um, the article talks about how his work is, it's like kind of pornographic. I wouldn't quite call it pornographic, but it's like literary, highbrow, strange, strange stuff. And so he decided he's in Maine. Okay, he was living in Maine or lives in Maine. And I can't recall why he decided to do this, but... He decided to engage himself as a substitute teacher, and he did it for 28 days. And I, he definitely deserves some kind of Pulitzer for craftiest way to get another book contract. And then to write 700 pages on this, I'm really curious. You know, 
It's possible, I guess, to write 700 pages on a 28-day stint. I mean, it's not like serving in Afghanistan. Let's just put it that way. But he writes and is highly critical of the American education system, right? Would we say, like, yeah. hi- hypercritical, I would argue. Yeah, skeptical about, just about everything from just, what he saw. Yeah, Just thinks the whole thing is is kind of garbage and kids should be out farming, you know, that kind of Rousseau thing. Well, his background is that he went to uh, some kind of progressive school in the 70s. So I feel like that kind of reflects that what he was seeing as a high school sub was probably quite different than what he, you know, what he saw. Right. And, um, but I, I, know, think- I bet it was quite jarring, you know, to come into, a, you know, a traditional public high school scene and to, to see it because, you know. I went to a Catholic high school, and it is quite different huh. than what I'm used to. And we should talk about that, definitely. Now, the second half of the article, Sarah Mose basically saying, this guy is a fool. I mean, um, the article is quite harsh on him and basically accuses him of mis- uh, misogyny, right, chauvinism, uh, and also just kind of like being out of touch and perhaps a little righteous in his condemnation of what he's seeing. So would that be a pretty good, accurate description of the article? Uh, There's some accuracies in there, but it just doesn't pass the smell test. I don't understand why he would only do 28 days. Like, I I can't get away from that. Really? It's just... That bothers you, yeah. What you Mm -hmm. talked about, the discrepancy between 28 days and 700 pages is you can can see what he was aiming to do. He already had predispositions and, and preconceived notions before he went into this. He wanted to... Write and write and write rather than listen and observe and, and learn. There are some really poignant things in this article, namely that substitute teaching sucks because you have no authority and at the same time you're developing no consistent relationship with the students, which is like mm-hmm. what teaching is. But to sit there for 28 days and then write all that just doesn't pass the smell test for me. Well, right. And I, I do think the other factor is – the person least capable of passing judgment on the American education system would be a substitute teacher because yeah. it is really hard to be a substitute teacher. You're basically seeing the kids at their worst, their most dysregulated worst, right? You're not seeing the kids who have been in class with their regular teacher for weeks, like working on a project. You're seeing them where they're like, party time. Like, well, I don't have oh, yeah. to listen to anybody. Well, so, you know... It mentioned in the article, though, that a lot of what he was doing was working as a substitute like para professional, ESP yeah. or something yeah. like that. That's true. So That's true. I, I wonder if he, um, you know, is condemning from that position as a substitute, or really sort of condemning from the position of, you know, just being an observer Might be in most of these classrooms. Yeah, I think yeah, it's you know. a little both, bit of yeah. both. Yeah, but yeah. agreed. That's a good point. Is that. He's he's kind of um, he's watch he's watching teachers. Either way, twenty eight yeah. days is not a lot of time. Twenty eight days is not time. a lot of time. I also think education is the kind of thing that if you're not in the cockpit, kind of witness, like actually driving, you know, the students are kind of with you and and you're driving. I I think when it's seen from the outside, it can be really misunderstood, like what the relationships are, and like if you just kind of watch it from the side of the room, you're like, this is. I can't believe that's going on or mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound uh, like I don't want oh, anyone no, to I worry mean, out there. But if you if you don't see the larger picture, for sure, I mean, especially my class, like 
you come in any any given day if you were just to nitpick the the quotes that I have in the back and forth like teasing and joking and this that like you'd be appalled. Yeah. Well, I don't just want to let our listeners know. That, um, I don't think that's totally accurate, but I think that that could be for me. I'm not saying everybody else, but yeah. no, like just like come on, like what are you doing? Like like just the the teasing and banter and everything. And well, you've stopped hitting, striking the children, so that's a really <laughs> plus this year. I feel like that's one of your better. You can't do that anymore. That that came up in your assessment, and I'm really <laughs> proud of you. Um, that was one of my smart goals. But you guys get what I'm saying. Now, this is interesting because you've been a witness to my classroom. Now, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I have to say I'm conscious of having a Thank witness. Thank you for in, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be unkind. I'm conscious of having a witness, and I know because I was once um, in your position, and I was in the back of the room watching a teacher, and it, it's very easy to see what's going wrong when you're on the outside, it's much harder to see what's going well Yeah, when you're on the outside watching something. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think part of it is that you, um, you know, when I observed, I was only coming in a couple days a week. Yep. So it's the same kind of problem. You see, uh, it's very episodic. You don't see the full story quite. You just, you come in at different moments, don't see the the points where, you know, where, You've developed a relationship with a student, you know, you've given them feedback that's helped help them improve in some way, you know, they've they've changed, you don't quite see the change, you just see sort of just right. snippets. And plus, because um, you know, I'm new to teaching, um, you know, I'm sure that a lot of what I'm picking up on is probably quite unimportant, you know, in the long run. But hmm. I don't quite know what's important or unimportant at this point. Yeah. And so you know, um, you know, I was observing you and a lot of what I was taking in and thinking about probably won't really help me that much in the long run, but I've got to figure out, uh, I've got to be able to, uh, to learn what those important, uh, lessons are. But so I feel like looking ahead, what I'm probably, what I expect, maybe I'm getting ahead of the, I don't want to rush, rush the show here, but you know, I'm sure that when I start teaching next week, I'll be thinking back to what some of the things I saw over the semester. Maybe some of those things will make more sense. Yeah. Um, not that they didn't make sense. No, but, no, no. I get it. And, you know. and trust me, I understand. And I had the, I have, and still have that experience where, like, teaching is still an abstraction to me to a certain extent. Like, I, I thought of it when I first started as totally like a blank thing. Like. And every time, like, I decided at one point I fell in love. I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. I had no idea how to go about that. And then, you know, you keep, like, doing more detail as time goes on. But I'm still at the stage where, like, you know, we're designing US-1. I haven't mm-hmm. taught US-1 in four years or five years, so it's really fresh. And I'm like, you know, what? what's really important here? And and I think not unlike you, Waylon, like, to me, history, I don't use the textbook, so... And yeah. I don't really use anyone else's mat- I use other people's singular materials, but it is a little bit like... It's all about the curation. It's like shamanistic a little bit. It's a little bit like a magic trick, I feel like, to bring the right materials together. I so, don't like using a book because it's too predictable, too. Yeah. Like, it's just too, like, I feel like I don't, I don't use a book, and I don't, and this is for me, because, but I don't show movies unnecessarily. Oh, I do, but Students whatever. never watch movies <laughs> in my class. Well, they're always watching movies. (laughs) But you have a context to the things that you show, and you actually, like, you know, like, that's the biggest call it in. You never want to call it in. 
Well, uh, you know, I question that. I mean, I wonder that for myself. I usually try to be pretty considerate about what I show and, you know, because I I don't want to call it in. But, but there is so, so many tremendous, like, good works, too. We just showed Fences and for Civil Rights, and mm-hmm. I thought that conversation was pretty strong. I felt like they got a lot out of it. But, you know, I get it. Yeah, I feel like what you did with that when you showed Fences was, like, you sort of were working on giving them um, – like a framework or a way to think about movies that, you know, are putting together some scenes from the past. And, you know, because so much of, so much of what Hollywood makes are period pieces and stories about, you know, about the past. Yeah. And so if you, I feel like you're giving them a more sophisticated way of thinking about historical films, Yeah. you know? And so that, that could be a use of, film in like a history class sure. oh, yeah, where no, no. It, you know sure, in some ways sure. it can be useful yeah, yeah when i think you, you being in a media class it makes all the more sense not to show film because you're generating it in a way like it's like never make a boring film about boredom kind of thing like you don't want it, it might be too much media so that makes yeah. a lot of sense to me going back to the um the student teaching thing you almost have to be you, have to, you almost have to be like a jane goodall it's it's all well, I anthropology, do resemble, man. It's all it's psychology. Funny, I do resemble um, <laughs> one of Jane Goodall's subjects. Yeah. I do have a remarkable <laughs> resemblance and behavioral yeah. similarity. Cody's silverback over here. Oh. He's got to stay out I don't of his know way if sometimes. I'm alpha. I don't know if I'm alpha. <laughs> but I mean, when when it when it comes down to it, it's like a teacher is is a whole bunch of things. But it's I often like liken it to to three things: a CEO, a psychologist, and a politician. A CEO, because you have to have the management skills, and you have to understand that each one of the things that you're doing is some sort of negotiation in which you're trying to extract different incentives and everything. The psychologist is just that you need to have make sure that you have a, a safe, comfortable atmosphere for all students, and so you need to uh, to really rely on making establishing that trust and in, in, in moving forward, even when things fall apart, you need to kind of build those sandcastles back up. And then the politician, because things are, society is constantly evolving and you can't sit back on your heels and use just one singular book when when we have this kind of hyper-evolution of different things and diversities and different, um, the just progression of society. And uh, when, when you talked about the being an expert, if you ever think that you're an expert when you're a teacher, it's a very dangerous place to be. The most... For instance, the most that I kind of got in hot, in, into hot water this it was this year, in my sixth year of teaching. Mm-hmm. And you're always, I'm always pushing the envelope and, and things, but it was an oversight that I saw because I wasn't fully kind of supervising or looking at the nuances of uh, some of the student journalism that they were doing and everything. And it was just like a learning moment for me. It was like, whoa, like... I think that I got this down pretty pat this fourth year of doing this journalism thing. But, you know, you never can sleep on anything. You you wow. never can to it's do like that. It's like skiing, right? Oh, you're, yeah. You're, you're more likely to get hurt skiing in your fourth or fifth year because you're not paying attention anymore. You're trying something that might be beyond. For sure. You don't get hurt generally when you're starting skiing. Yeah. I mean, you can, by the way, David, get You're also really not moving fast skiing. enough. Right. Well, there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start yeah. taking bigger chances when you... Uh, you know, when you're doing more, you're accomplishing bigger things. Yeah, or, for sure. No question. And I like, uh, Waylon, what you say about being a politician. I consider myself a politician always. And maybe first and foremost, yeah. um, a politician, because you're tending to your legitimacy as a teacher. 
you know, every classroom is its own little fiefdom. And your legitimacy is, their students are very aware of your legitimacy. They share your illegitimacy, your legitimacy with one another. And that might mean giving them quizzes back fast. It might be being good at this. They might be like, well, you know, Cody's not really good at that. And that chips away at your legitimacy. By the way, just on a side note about evolving, I was really pleased that my Middle Eastern class, that we had built, you know, a kind of intelligence agency inside that class. That's what we do. And so when the Iranian stuff happened recently, we were able to pivot right to that and like awesome. in real time kind of assess what was going on. And they were quite intelligent about it. And I really felt like this is what this is what intelligence agencies do. You know, we don't have sources inside Iran, but we do have the sources we can access online. Now, David, let me ask you, you're the only one. Uh, actually, Waylon, you might correct me. Have you ever substituted? Nope. No, nor have I, uh, because I am a sane human being. Can you tell us your experience substituting? You have substituted, sure. yeah. I subbed at a middle school in northern Michigan, um, and uh, which is where I used to live. And uh, I became kind of a regular there. I was like a go-to sub. And, um, you know, I think that that made my subbing experience different than a lot of people's. You know, it wasn't like I was coming into a classroom and I didn't know, you know, anybody. By the end of the year, I knew every student's name at the school. It was a pretty small Did you get a nickname? middle school. Hey, Castle. Uh, not that I knew of, no. Oh, not yeah, that not I knew that of, you know yeah. Of. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe one you didn't know about. I wonder if they have names for but, us. I don't really want to know. You know, I feel like, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was really hard to come into those classrooms with so talk to you us know, about 11, that. 12, 13 year olds. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I was getting, to, I was, I was walking into a classroom having, usually having um, been emailed the lesson plan the night before. Yeah. And, and sure. you know, the, I think, you know, there were pretty good lesson plans. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I definitely felt like I had material and I wasn't just going in there totally cold. But at the same time, that's, that's I don't know, that's not even half of the equation, I don't think, as a sub because, um, you know, I was definitely getting just chewed up a lot. Is that right? First, this was a pretty easygoing school weeks. too, right? Yeah, but the kids, you know. Well, it's that's the thing. And that's when I'm, that's... They want to have fun and they see a, a change in the routine and, you know... But um, it be, uh, one thing that I noticed, it became a lot easier once I knew everybody's name. You know, once oh, I yeah. once oh, yeah. I once I could call, you know, so and so back to the to come back to the fold. That yeah. made it a lot easier. And they get to know your name, and you know, they see that you're going to be around. You're going to yeah. be there next week. Yeah. You're so, not transient. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I would like to hear from some su- longtime substitutes from this area, but I, I imagine that that the more they work at one school in particular, just the easier it gets, you know, because they, not only do they start knowing the kids, but the kids start knowing who they are. And, um, I mean, I remember, I remember some subs from middle school, elementary school, some, uh, notorious ones, but also some, some beloved ones, you know, and you, they might not know your name, but you knew their name as a student and that, that helped as well. Mr. Brown, if you know him. Oh, he yeah. was a sub for a while. I haven't seen him for a while, but he's... No, he's been, he hasn't been around. No. He's a wacky dude. Yeah, Love it's him. pretty awesome. Love him. But no, that's true. I mean, that does go to what I'm saying, which is I feel like Baker is in a really bad position to assess the American yeah. because his experience is going to be pretty assaultive. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's going to be really hard to be that person as, moving as a sub, into that school. Yeah. I feel like a better vantage point is that maybe that um, paraprofessional role 
Um, only because I, I imagine you're more that. of like a fly yeah. on the wall. I don't know. But maybe I just don't Perhaps quite know their roles well enough. we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But um, I'm just not totally sure of that, especially on the high school level. I think it's pretty hard to be in that role. Mm-hmm. You know, and there is like a kind of like power struggle a little bit sometimes between the teacher and the yeah, ESP sure. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think often the ESP wants to be helpful, but it's hard on the high school level too. I mean, I would argue I'd rather hear from a longstanding teacher about the American education system than of course, either yeah. an ESP or a substitute teacher. I guess I would want to hear from everybody. And if you have 700 pages, I feel like that's possible, right? <laughs> like that could be a really good 700-page book where you talk yeah. to everybody. I mean, it's worthwhile, though, just to hear a, you know, a, a smart person, an outsider, come in and talk about something just to notice things not necessarily yeah, not doesn't mean you're like gonna, observations i don't not, like the opinions that yeah. are immediately brought there. yeah well, you know. folks we're going to come back in a minute and we can talk more about that enjoy to sir with love it's a classic and we'll be back in a minute